0: Good morning, podcast listeners, and welcome back. This is Zawad Abdullah with a new article from the Perceptual Paradox blog. On a side note, if you follow either me or Perceptual Paradox on Instagram, you know that there's a couple new changes that are going to be happening in the next month or two. Now, what I'm hopefully planning to do is do a whole other podcast just about the new changes. And what that means to you, what that means to me, and what that means to everyone local. So if you're local, there's a little surprise coming coming on. Um and yeah, it's 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 an addition to it and some sort of subtraction, but either way it's a surprise, and I'm excited to do a whole podcast about it. However, uh more specifically in this podcast, we are going to be reading the most recent article published on Perceptual Paradox called The Categorical Imperative as Related to Morality. And this is this topic is introduced and founded by Immanuel Kant, who is a philosopher. And so we're going to, after, I'm going to read a passage to you guys. We're going to go a little bit through his history. Uh, just a little tiny bit, not too much, and then we're going to try to understand his very intelligent um, quote and sift through it and make it more connected to today. So I'm going to go ahead and read a quote from one of his works. If I think of a categorical imperative... I know immediately what it will contain, for since the imperative contains, besides the law, only the necessity of the maxim, of acting in accordance with the law while the law contains no condition to which it is restricted, nothing remains except the universality of law as such to which the maxim of the action should conform, and this conformity alone is what is represented as necessary by the imperative. There is, therefore, only one categorical imperative. It is, act only according to the maxim by which you can at the same time, will, that it should become a universal law. Now, if all imperatives of duty can be derived from this one imperative as a principle, we can at least show what we understand by the concept of duty and what it means. Even though it remains undecided whether that which is called duty is an empty concept or not, unquote. Um, so what we 're trying to focus on is how he define what he defines as a categorical imperative um, It is act only according to the maxim by which you can at the same time will that it should become a universal law, and we will we will kind of. Um, reword that and rephrase it to today's understanding in today's um, language, if you, mu- if you if you will. So, Immanuel Kant's philosophy on morality was close to the deontological moral theory, of which the action, whether right or wrong, um, are dependent on intention and motivation rather than the outcome. His aim was to inform the public regarding the highest principle of morality, this was supreme theory. Um, this was a supreme theory, and it was named the categorical imperative. And he displaced this issue of morality as a command to people to follow. It's important here to note that the time period um, in which Kant was writing and publishing his works in, and other, a lot of other philosophers were, uh, this time period was known as the Enlightenment, and it was considered a movement. Um The Enlightenment, as many of us know, brought great change to the country uh however um with it came a lot of a lot of issues you know change isn 't always accepted right away, and more connected to this topic, faith in the religion and in God was at its lowest. with this in mind, morality. Was also a topping crisis, and who better to fight this crisis than philosophers right? This is because religion was a um compass of moral decisions during that time, and without faith in God, the validity of the moral compass was uh less strong. You know imagine if all of a sudden people just started doubting God, you know certain things, whether it was personal decisions or actions or perspective or thoughts a lot of things would change, and so the only thing holding the moral compass at that time was believing in God and believing in a hereafter, and since that was dwindling, since that was becoming less strong, moral decisions um, were, you know, it was a topic in crisis. People people were kind of like, hey, why should I do this, you know? Like, I was doing this for a hereafter. I was doing this for by faith, I was doing this for something that although wasn't proven, you know, that's what, that's what faith is. And so if, if all of this isn't promised, why should I act this way? Uh, if people started to doubt the existence of God, then why should they behave righteously in this world, since there perhaps was no promised justice in the, in the next life? Now, with the morality crisis during the Enlightenment, Kant and other philosophers, they found it essential do their work to correct these new beliefs, um, and to kind of guide people in the right direction. The most popular path of choice, um, was to separate the idea of morals and morality from religion and God, to tell people that, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to be a good person just, just for your faith in God or just for your faith in your religion, um, in the passage, Kant discusses the categorical imperative, and this was um, more specific to Kant. Other philosophers did it other way, but he, um, you know, named his theory and he d- defined an imperative as a command and a categorical imperative, as an unconditional moral obligation, inescapable always as the duty of each person. So he brought it on to each person. He said, you and you and you, separate from faith, separate from God, separate separate from the person next to you, you have an unconditional you know, it's, an, it's not conditional to the time period or to what's going on with you or to your environment or the economy. It's unconditional to anything, and it's a moral obligation, you know. Uh, it is capable, always as the duty. It's a duty on each person, basically. Can't believe the new secular commitment to morality separate from religion is the categor- categorical imperative. He proposes this theory with three methods, uh, methods of understanding. However, the passage above describes the first meaning regarding the maxim, also known as principles and actions of each person. Now, this is the one that I said we will discuss a little further. Kant describes how people should treat others the way they wanted to be treated. Now, I know you've heard that before. It's literally the golden rule. Um, we've heard it a bunch when we were little, and now, you know, we just we, it's kind of in, <laughs> engraved in our minds. A person should not allow themselves to take part in any action, which they would not allow others to take part in either. Uh, this is what can't means. If a person wanted to cheat or lie, for example, um, they must be willing to enable everyone else around them to do, to do the same. He supports this by um, explaining how if a person accepts a maxim or a principle for themselves, then it should be a part of the universal law everyone follows. Now, if a person allowed for cheating or lying to be a part of the universal law, then the goal of the personal advantage is gone, and to cheat or lie alone would be immoral. Keep in mind that Kant's larger concern was teaching people why and how to be good. He wants people to understand how actions, whether good or bad, are dependent on personal intention, intention of the heart, and and motivation, rather than the consequence or outcome of those actions. His intention for the uh, entire works and writing is to teach the true meaning of goodness, how it connects directly to morality, and is the direct duty of each individual, rather than a concept that's believed by society. In the specific passage, he explains how it should be a command to treat others the way you want to be treated. Fairness was his direct message. Fairness is an attribute of good moral people, and moral worth can only be attained through the intention of morality. With that in mind, Kant connects his theory of categorical imperative to the goodness of each person individually, explaining how humanity doesn't necessarily require religion to act morally. They only require themselves as individuals who act in a fair manner with good intention and motivation and a sense of duty. Kant argues people need to hold themselves responsible as mature members of the community and learn to be good as a whole society. And now we should take this on a more personal level. We should ask ourselves how high is, is our morality, our moral de- compass, our moral decisions? is it connected to our religion is it connected to ourselves will will we lose it if something changes and i hope the answer is is no we won't change i hope